This episode is brought to you by the Accountability Club. And listen up because we have a few changes we know you're going to like. Are you struggling to find time to work on your business and need some accountability? The Accountability Club is a space for weight-inclusive innovators to dedicate time each month to work on their business. In this space, you'll be in a supportive community with like-minded professionals completing those $1,000 tasks that keep falling to the back burner and are keeping you from leveling up in your business. Registration is now open for our first quarter of the year in 2024. That cohort you're going to want to join. It is January, February, and March. So come do the work with three monthly co-working sessions, get support with one monthly group business coaching session, and be in community with other business owners through our private Slack channel and weekly check-ins. And update, we are changing the Accountability Club membership to an inclusive tiered pricing structure. No gatekeeping of business education and support over here. Choose from one of the four options that works best for you and your business. Head on over to weightinclusiveinnovators.com slash accountability dash club to register today. We're in this together to make weight inclusive care more accessible and it starts with our businesses. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it, talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight inclusive business, the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we're on a mission to bring business education to other weight inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. Today, we are going to be chatting about all things rebranding, branding. When is it time to do the thing? Morgan's in the hot seat. We're super excited. But before we dive into today's episode, we're going to do our check-in and we're going to keep it tight because we know sometimes they're very long and then we're like, ah, let's reel it in. So Morgan, business highs and lows. Let's go. First of all, shout out to all of y'all who made it through our 20-minute long uh, <laughs> check-in last week. So yes, we'll keep it nice and short today. So high of this last week, I hosted my masterclass on email marketing last Friday. I got everything recorded. I did all of the backend stuff and they are now officially published and ready for purchase as either four individual lessons or a bundle. So if you have been wanting to explore email marketing, there are now four lessons available to you and they're $47 a piece or you can bundle them and you save like $21, I think it is. So go check them out if email marketing is on your to-do list going into 2024. My low is that I still have really low inquiries for branding and web design. Um, And uh, I think part of it's just like the holiday. I feel like it's always hit or miss. Sometimes it has been slow because of the holidays, but other times people are like, "Ah, I need a new brand and website going into the new year and has been really busy. And so I'm just trying to reframe it that I am thankful for some stillness and not Mm. feeling chaotic and rushed going into the new year, going into the holiday season. I've decided that my word of 2024 is going to be abundance so I can start challenging some of like limiting belief mindset as to why things have been slow. I love it. That's perfect. Thank you. What are your highs and lows of the week? Wait, remind us what your 2023 word was. 
simplify. <laughs> no, how that is. <laughs> LOL. Like there, were, there were definitely pockets throughout 2023 that I was re-reminded of that word and I did simplify some things. Um I think letting go of a lot of my contractors, like my tra- my uh, um contracts that I've had with people feels like it was a little bit of simplifying because it really forced me to like reevaluate my own capacity of like taking things back on. But I don't know. I'd probably give myself a solid like six out of 10 on accomplishing that. It is what and it is. Okay. I tried my best. That's okay. <laughs> that's what matters. I tried my best. <laughs> All right. What were your highs and lows of the week? Okay. I'm going to start with my lows because it's been a fucking doozy of a week <laughs> and it's related to Mexico City. That's also my high. My high is I'm in Mexico City, one of my favorite cities, your favorite city. Um, This place is so magical. I got here on Tuesday, and it's just been a series of unfortunate events since. Um, So I'll I'll keep it tight. Tell us more. Yes, I'll keep it tight. So um, when we were driving to Mexico City on Tuesday evening, we were not paying attention to the gas, and we fucking almost ran out of gas. Like, we were five kilometers from e and we like put all our eggs in a basket for this gas station we're like fucking hope to god that this gas station is open and like and it was and we were fine but that's the closest i've ever been to running out of gas it was very scary we were like on the outskirts of mexico city and it was just like oh my god this is gonna be very bad if we run out of gas so luckily we didn't but then um when we got to our uh apartment that we're staying in in the evening they didn't have our list our name on the list for parking. And so we just had to like wait a long time. And then they finally let us in and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, we were exhausted and crabby and we just wanted to have food and we did get food. That was like the smallest thing that's happened. Um, yesterday I, <laughs> we're all settled in the apartment. We're super happy. We're staying at cocoon, which is where we stayed for the admincation. It's awesome. It's probably where we're going to stay for the next admincation. Very cute, very simple, great working spaces. Um, I wanted a quesadilla on my eight minute break between meetings on very busy meeting days because we were doing a lot of driving. So I had to stack in my meetings like Tuesday through Friday. And so I was like, oh, I actually hopped off a call early with you because I was like, can I please go make a quesadilla? I'm so hungry. <laughs> and um, so in Mexico, they have a lot of, I think it's the gas stoves, the one that have the actual flame. And what happened was they have a glass top that goes on top of it, so you can use it as counter space when you're not. Very doing typical. Anything. It's been yes. in all of the apartments that we've, well, the two apartments that we've stayed in, but any apartment I've stayed in in Mexico City has this because it's, yeah, it's more counter space for you. Okay, amazing. I never noticed. <laughs> so it's because I every time it. we've arrived to our apartments, I have lifted them up. Yes, yes. So this is Morgan's fault. <laughs> so Just kidding. Fault. So what happened was I left the glass down and I, got my pan, I got my cheese, I got my quesadillas, my tortillas. And I put the pan on top of the glass and I turned on the fire. So basically I was making my tor- my quesadilla through the glass, going into the fucking pan to heat up my tortilla and to make it crispy. And I'm standing there and it's like six minutes in. I'm like, why the fuck isn't this cooking? And then I realized what I did. And I, I didn't think anything big of it. I was like, oh, shit, this, I probably shouldn't do this. So I turned it off really fast. I took my cold quesadilla that was still cold cheese and like a slightly warm tortilla, put the pan to the side. I told my partner what happened. And he was like, fuck, 
oh no, that's so bad. And I'm like, oh no, it's fine. I like, I got a little defensive. We laughed about it later, but I get very triggered by being in trouble. And I felt like I was in trouble. Turns out I should be in trouble because what happened was I like in the next 15 minutes, I was in a business coaching call and I hear a fucking explosion behind me. And it was a very, I don't want to say it was a small explosion because it was quite, it was something. Basically the glass exploded, went everywhere, was a fucking mess. And I just hear my partner, I'm I'm holding a straight face, um, talking to my business coaching client, really engaged. And I'm like wondering what's happening behind me, even though I know what happened behind me. And I just hear actor go fuck and then in the background i didn't have like the blurred screen so i'm talking to my business coaching client and the actors in the background sweeping up the glass it was so bad and we just didn't explode sooner like why did it take 15 minutes i have no idea but also you all should know that actor panicked after i told him about the tortilla thing and he lifted up the glass so I think that's why it shattered so far too. Oh. Um, so obviously it was my fault, but he was a contributor. We've been laughing about it. It was so ridiculous. I felt like we were on a sitcom where he's just in the background of my screen, sweeping up glass. And I like turn on my, my blurry background really quick. And then after, <laughs> after I got off the call, I like WhatsApped him and I was like, did the glass break? Cause I still hadn't looked like I was I was wrapping up my call actually. So I hadn't looked behind me because I was engaged, but I pulled up my WhatsApp really quick and he's like, yes, it broke. And later at dinner, he was like, of course it freaking broke. You lit it on fire. Like what, why did you ask me that? We were just fucking dying. So anyway, it took me an hour and a half to clean it up. And that was my low. Okay. It it keeps going. So today, which is the, the day after the glass shenanigans, I was in another business coaching client call. We were wrapping up. I was supposed to be getting in a meeting with you and a fucking earthquake happens. And so I'm wrapping up my call. I feel the building shake. And I was like, uh, I'm pretty sure there's an earthquake going on. I got to go. And my business coaching client like reacted and was like, yes, go bye. And so I slammed it. And I like gathered up all the stuff. I gathered up the dogs were on the seventh floor, had to run down the stairs, except you're not supposed to run. You have to walk fast because if you run, you like make everybody else scared. So, yeah, um, there was an earthquake, my first earthquake. And I'm just like, wow, this is a series of unfortunate events. We're fine. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, that's a lot. My nervous system is a little shot. That's a lot in three days time, four days time. Yes. Yep. So (laughs) um, So I'm glad you're okay. All of it out of the way. I'm glad the earthquake wasn't, didn't cause severe damage. I think that, I mean, they have earthquakes pretty regularly, but they're usually pretty minor. Yeah. And it was really minor here. I just forgot. Still that scary that not thing. to like downplay it at all. Yes. Yes. But just like seeing everybody out in the street. Um, and also my partner wasn't home. He was out getting lunch and I was there by myself. So I I just acted on what I thought I was supposed to do, which was like, get out of the building. And then other people yeah. were doing that. So I was like, okay, great. But yeah, it usually happens like sometimes once a month, sometimes once every three months, like it's, it's often enough, but it's also kind of rare. So in the last oh. three times I've been to Mexico city, I had not experienced that. So right. Baby's first earthquake. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm glad everyone, um, I'm glad that you and the dogs and Hector are okay. And I hope you have some time built in to like rest. 
<laughs> and reset your nervous system because that's yes. oof. But mostly, I mean, like I said, my high is also being in Mexico City. It's such an inspiring place. It's a busy city. It's like the New York of Mexico. It's wonderful. Um, I miss you here. It feels different. Like us not being on abdication, especially in a cocoon. But we're going to be back here soon. And we'll give you guys more information on that in the new year about Save the Dates. So it's going to be great. You ready to dive into today's episode? Let's do it. Branding is such an important thing that I don't fully understand. And I feel like this is the time of year where people are thinking about like, is it time for a rebrand? Is it time to get a brand? Is it time to build a website XYZ? And I feel like all these things are thrown into the shuffle. So I wanted to put you in a hot seat so you can teach us about all things branding, rebranding, when to do the thing, why to do the thing, and talk about like the ROI. ROI meaning return on investment, why it's important to have a brand and not just like slap up something to get your name out there. So tell, can you tell us what a brand is again? Absolutely. I love this topic. I think you're absolutely right. It's like one of those things where like, oh yeah, like a brand. I should have a brand. And then you're like, well, what's actually a brand? Like, I don't really know what this is. So when most people think of branding, they think of logo fonts and colors. And those are three pieces of branding, but branding is so much more than that. And that's where I think there is like a lack of knowledge, which like makes sense. They don't, one, most of us didn't go to business school. Two, even in business school, they don't really teach you about branding. So you're not missing out on much. Like, don't don't think that you like slept through your class in college uh, that you're like, wait, what is this? Should I know about this? Branding consists of two pieces, strategy and design. The design piece being the logos, fonts, the colors, and a couple other things we'll get to. But arguably, the more important part of branding is the strategy side of branding. It's your business strategy paired with your target audience, paired with how you show up in sessions, in networking events, et cetera, et cetera, how your clients are going to find you. And all of that's going to contribute to your marketing. So having this really solid idea of your brand strategy helps eliminate a lot of pressure of having to like, quote unquote, do it all. So there's many, many different things that go into strategy. The things that I always focus on with my clients are figuring out what their business goals are because we want to be, we want to create a brand that can support them in their growth. And we'll get to kind of timing of things in a little bit, but we, I always like to go over what their goals are for their business, what their differentiating factors are. I am a firm believer in community over competition And there are certain things that make each individual clinician unique and the right person to serve certain people. I like to cover target audience. This is going to be the biggest one. One of my favorite phrases is when you're trying to talk to everyone, you're talking to no one. And so really identifying who it is that's in your target audience and not, and this is, I've shifted away from doing this. And so if you worked with me in the past, we would always develop an ideal client avatar, meaning they'd have a name, a salary, a partner, a dog, you know, all of these things. And I've moved away from that because I have found it to be more limiting than it is helpful. And so now we think of this target audience in the sense of when you think of like your ideal day of clients, what are 
topics that tend to get brought up. What are childhood experiences that they have collectively had? What are their beliefs around food or around seeing a therapist? What are their future goals? Um, And so getting to kind of build out a day of people instead of just one person. I think that's awesome and really aligns with the episode we did with Chloe about Mm -hmm. like why the ideal client avatar is like not actually helpful. So we can link that in the show notes and that really aligns and it super resonates too, because when you were talking about like the salary and the things, I'm like, Oh, I don't know if that would make anybody a quote unquote good fit. But when you started talking about like, what is their relationship with food? Like, what are you talking about with them? What was their experiences? Like that can be a whole host of people with different salaries, different lived experiences. So kind of speaking to Mm -hmm. the the idea of stakeholders. And so I love that. I think that's super helpful. I love that you brought our conversation with her. And I think that was probably one of like the pivotal moments of me changing the structure and how I do things. Absolutely. Um, other important things to to think through when it comes to the strategy of your brand is words and content. And I always say this on discovery calls, but it can be so nitty gritty and as nitty gritty as do you consider yourself anti-diet or non-diet? Like even just honing in on that language to allow for that to be consistent across all of the different platforms that you are interacting on, that you are networking with, like being able to know how you're describing yourself, your business, your practice, your clinicians that are in your practice, et cetera. Also figuring out like your tone of voice, um, figuring out how you want your business to sound on the internet, because all of that's going to go into crafting like the copy and the language that you're using in your Instagram bio, your LinkedIn, your website, your marketing materials, all of that. And then the last part of the strategy is the customer journey. And so this is from the moment a client hears about you to them booking a discovery call, to them booking their initial appointment, to you completing your work together, to offboarding them. This whole journey is all part of the brand process. And it also starts taking us into more of your marketing strategy and how your brand can show up in the marketing process and how your brand can really show up throughout the systems in your business. It's interesting to hear all of this and it totally makes sense. And I'm nodding my head and I've been through branding and website and design and all that good stuff with you. And I've done it with other people as well. And I feel like because I have that context, I'm like, yes, all of this makes sense. And it also feels very overwhelming of like being consistent in all these places. And like, I think that's where having a brand is super helpful because it's kind of outlined for you then if like, this is what you do. So you don't have to like worry about saying the wrong thing or someone being like, you said this out of nowhere. What? This doesn't align. It it gives you guidelines, which is cool. It gives you guidelines. And that is one of the like biggest ROIs is it removes decision fatigue from you. Because you have so much clarity in how you're showing up online in your branding and in all of this aspect of who you're trying to attract to work with you, how you're going to do that through a marketing strategy, how you're going to sound online, but also how that translates to how you sound when you show up at a networking event in session with your clients and making sure all of that's cohesive. And yes, it's overwhelming. I always tell all of my clients like, 
you are going to be exhausted after our brand strategy call because you're going to have to use your brain in a way that you probably haven't had to use it in a really long time. So just fair warning. It's a very long call that we do in the beginning, but it's arguably the most important piece. And it's what really guides the design piece of it as well. And so once we finish the strategy, once I have a really solid understanding of how they're wanting their business to show up in the world, that's when we move into the design. I personally start with colors because I think that is like the first visual piece that people think of. Um, That's like really tangible. From there, we move on to different fonts. Um, We combine the two of those things to create logos. We start looking at some icons to incorporate, if that makes sense, some patterns to incorporate, if that makes sense. Doesn't make sense for all brands. Um, but it might for some, depending on what their revenue streams look like. And then we also talk through things like photography and having brand photos or finding stock photos that are in alignment um, with their values as a brand in a business. Okay, this feels so important for the branding and therefore the design to really reflect the person. My brain is like still simmering on the the consistency piece and how like the, the branding part before you get into the design. So the strategy piece, it's very um, theoretical and kind of like less tangible. And then it becomes like envisioned and captured in colors and fonts and things. And I think that's so cool. And it's making me think about like, Oh man, this thing really should reflect you and how much that empowers you in your business because I've had brands that don't reflect me through just not not knowing or not knowing myself. And um, it hits different when you're like, yeah, this brand is me. Those colors are me. This website is me. It's like a it's like a little like confidence ego boost. Like you're mm-hmm. not not that not saying that like you specifically have ever had a problem marketing your practice. But whenever you have something that feels so authentically you and your team marketing, your practice is way more fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have something cool to show off. Exactly. Exactly. And this is why, this is why when people are like, can you just make me a logo? No, never. I will never just create a logo because there's so much more that goes into it than just a logo. And I truly believe I would be doing people a disservice if I just provided them a logo without understanding them and their brand strategy first. It is the equivalent of someone going to a dietitian and asking for a meal plan. yes boom exactly and you're like but I don't know your goals I don't know what you're trying to accomplish I don't know your allergies I don't know your who you are I don't know your culture I don't know who you exactly exactly great analogy love that okay and where where are you putting all these things where do you incorporate the brand yes so obviously I've mentioned consistency is very important so I will give you a short, non-exhaustive list of once you have your strategy and your design, this is going on. Your website, your social media, LinkedIn, business cards, in your office, how you decorate your office, your email signature, your email marketing, any flyers you hand out, your patient handouts, your EHR, your Google business profile, everywhere. Consistency is key. You go in and you take your fonts and your colors and your logo and you drop it in everything. I love that. It feels very cool. It's like a package, like boop, here you go. Look, it's everything you ever need to represent you in all these different forms. Super cool. That you no longer have to think about. It's there. It's done for you. I mean, yes, there's a little bit of work of like having to go in and actually like put it in all those places, but 
that's such a short period of time compared to ruminating on how you're going to show up online or how you're going to build your logo. Yeah. How are people going to recognize you and know your company and things? Okay. My brain always used to get stuck on, I thought branding and website were the same thing of like, if you do branding, that means you built a website for somebody, which obviously I know better now, baby Hannah. So cute. Um, But building a website is a totally different offering. Totally different offering. And there are some incredibly creative, creatively talented people in our space that they have come to me because they want support around just basically getting all of their ducks in a row when it comes to a brand, how who they're attracting, how they want to show up, fonts, colors, logos, the whole shebang. But they feel really empowered to build their own website. And like, I freaking love that for people. Sometimes it just takes having these really solid guidelines to then take it and then throw it into a creative energy with building your website, building your social media content, all of that. And so, yes, so there are people that I just do branding for because they are so sick of like staring at Canva being like, what colors do I use? What fonts do I use? What do I say in this Canva doc that I've created for Instagram? And so that's the branding service that I offer. And I have had people just take the, it's usually around a 50 page brand strategy and style guide that I put together for them at the end of our work. And I hand it over to them and it's like, Hey, here's your fonts. This is for your title, your header, your subheader, and your body font. This is the size it should be. If you are printing material, this is the size it should be when you are putting it on social media. This is the size it should be when you use it to create presentations, like verbatim, exactly how you should use it. No guesswork about it. And they can just take that and create. Oof. Love that. Um, I personally would not like to build my own website. I loved doing the whole thing with you, branding and website. And I'm like, yay, please do it. I just don't want <laughs> and that's to. Fine too. Yes. How important is a brand? Like, like, do people need this? This is a complicated question. <laughs> yes, people need a brand. If you are in the first three years of your business, DIY it figure it out yourself, do some Googling, purchase some lessons from the Weight Inclusive Business Academy. Do not spend a lot of money on a brand strategist and designer when you're first starting out. If people have not been running their practice for at least minimum a year, I usually don't work with them because you learn so much about yourself and the types of people you want to work with in that first year to three years in business. I mean, obviously and beyond that, but that first year specifically is pretty chaotic that it doesn't make sense to to dive into like your target audience until you have an idea of who you like to work with um, and how you want to show up in your community. And so, yes, a brand is important, but I also think it's important to like have something, have something consistent when you're just starting out. And usually once you hit that, like after one year up to three year marks, that's when I recommend working with someone to actually help you solidify everything in your brand. Okay. So what you're saying is a good in-between step of that in like someone's first year, especially they could do something like a template from a design studio like you have where they can pick three colors that they like, add it to the template, like something to give them a presence online. That's not going to be there forever thing. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I would recommend start with. And it doesn't mean in like three years you have to like do a full total rebrand. Um, it might just be bringing someone in to help ask the hard questions that you haven't fully thought through or having someone else ask the questions and then ask those follow-up questions to like, like really get to the root of things. Um, but yeah, I would say start with DIYing it, doing it yourself, just keep it consistent. And then you can reevaluate later. Okay. So you kind of said like at the three-year mark, that's really when people tend to rebrand. Um, tell us more about other times that might make people think about rebranding. Yeah. So if I could like give everyone a, obviously everyone is a case-by-case situation, but if I could give like kind of a general timeline, I would say DIY it for the first one to three years. If you're going to push it out to about three years, I would do a pulse check every year just to make sure everything still feels really good with you. At the three-year mark, I would say you should have a consistent brand that you are showing up online and that will carry you for a good while as long as you've done like the strategy side of work to know that it can support you and your business long-term. You should also explore doing a rebrand if you are a solo private practice moving into a group practice because chances are- (laughs) Yeah, like when Nourished with Hannah became Nourished Colorado. Um, Because you don't have to focus just on you anymore. You now have a team and they are all their own unique individual people. And so you want to make sure um, it's this like really interesting balance of making sure that they're in alignment with the values and how you want the business to show up in your brand. So it's like part of the brand strategy is like attracting the right people to work with you. But also you want to make sure that they feel really good about showing up as the brand as well. Absolutely. And when I went from solo to group, I was nourished with Hannah. And before that, I was healthy Hanny, LOL, where I made my own shitty ass website. It was horrible. It was horrendous. It's fine. It functioned. Um, And then I did the thing around a year mark of rebranding for myself. And then I started to hire people. So I did, all I did was a logo change, which was fine and it worked. But I actually think I should have done a whole rebrand. But at the same time, because I'd went through the step and like did a major branding of nourish with Hannah. I didn't want to spend the money again. And then we just recently rebranded probably about four years later. So yep. It tracks. When else? Tracks. Yeah. And then I would say, yeah, don't necessarily need to do a whole rebrand, but if you decide to add on different revenue streams, it's usually good to do a little bit of a pulse check just to make sure that you don't either need to like create a whole separate brand depending on who that target audience is for what you're creating. That was example one of the, with you. Value-driven yes. group. Yes, Creator that was one of the questions I had. I know you like housed it under the Nourish Colorado website for a while and that's great. Get it started, get it up and running. But then yeah, we separated it out because it's a totally different target audience than your private practice. Yep. And the reason I set it up under my group was one, I didn't know what it was going to be. Like, I just knew people were coming to me asking for mentorship about business. And so I was like, oh, let me just like throw something up. So I have a page to people to go to. It's the scrappiness. And then when I realized like I was getting really, really a lot of inquiries and could see this was going to be something, that's when I decided that I needed to separate it out from a business perspective of like, oh, these revenue streams need to not be included in our revenue at Nourished from client work. Like this needs to be its own whole thing. And now it's its own company. With its own website and its own brand. Absolutely. Okay. So what is what is the ROI? Let's talk business. Let's talk like the the business benefit, the return on investment. 
when people do branding? What is it? Tell us more. It's an investment for your business for sure. And so so there is going to be some financial ROI in terms of by you showing up consistently, there's going to be an increased perceived value from your clients. And that's going to create trust, which means that as long as you are showing up in session the same way that you're showing up online and in your brand, it's going to help with that rapport building even sooner than it would be if you didn't have a consistent brand online. And so there's not really like a direct, like you invested this amount in your branding. And so now you're going to make this much more in client work. Like it doesn't really work like that, um, which I know can be hard to grasp sometimes. And sometimes, and I know it, it can also be hard to invest in something that you're not going to see that financial return in because we want this like financial. And so the ROI is you're investing financially and you are going to get back a heck of a lot of your time in the sense that there is no more decision fatigue. There is no more staring at a blank screen because you don't know what to create or how to talk to your audience or what to do next in your business because we've worked through quite a bit of things in the brand strategy that is going to give you a really solid guideline on how to show up, how to make decisions when it comes to the visual and aesthetic side of your brand. It's also really great because there's eventually going to be a point where you are likely going to want to outsource things, whether it is social media, whether it is content creation in another aspect, whether it is hiring someone on your team. And I love handing over the brand strategy and style guide because you can literally just hand that over to someone and they will know what the tone of voice is, how they'll show up in the business, what the ideal customer journey is. If they ever wanted to create something visual for your business, they would have the fonts, the colors, the logos, everything that they would need in order to execute that, which means it's less time that they're having to spend asking you. Boom. I know branding is a little bit more like, it's not as tangible as a website, right? And so I know that there's, it's, it's, so much easier to like sell someone on a website than it is to like sell someone on branding because it's just a little bit more like meta whenever it comes to branding. But if if I could leave you with anything today, it's that showing up consistently online in the tone of voice that you're using and who you're trying to talk to and then in the visual side of things, the fonts, colors, and logos is not only going to leave you feeling more confident in your ability to show up online and the presence that you have online, it's also going to take so much less time when it comes to you creating things to show up, which means you can get back to doing what you love, which is running a business and seeing clients. Yep. And you're able to reach more people to keep the clients coming in, to grow your team if you want to. Like It's really a butterfly effect and it starts with the foundation of brands. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast to add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review and share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. And be sure to sign up for the Accountability Club if you're needing a little bit of extra accountability going into the new year. We'll see you next week. Bye.